everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Design Recharge. This is episode actually 324. Today, I am excited to announce that Lydia and I have been working on a project since, I think you asked me, maybe in May or April, but I don't remember. I didn't really get to, I didn't get busy working on it till like September. I mean, we worked on little things and I have all my sketches and everything to show. <clears throat> but I kind of wanted to give people an idea of you've done a lot of research and you you're a writer so I am gonna kind of ask some questions that are based on some of those things and then we'll talk about the process and if anybody has any questions I'd love to get y'all's questions answered all right so Lydia tell us a little bit you're a freelance writer right yes Yes, right. I've been doing this for about 14 years. So when I had my first child, I decided I wanted to just have a schedule that was more flexible. So I've been freelancing on my own for about 14 years. Uh, the majority of my experience is nonfiction articles on parenting topics. Uh, but I've also been a craft book editor. Uh, I've written for a local city magazine. I've written for a dog magazine. I've done neighborhood newsletters. Uh, all kinds of things. So you also, you and I used to work together in yes. Denver. She's in Denver, but you're not from Denver. You're from the Midwest, right? Nope. I'm from Indiana. Yep. Southern okay. Indiana. That's, that's the uh, state I want Taylor Ackerman to be from, <laughs> but <coughs> she's not. She's from Illinois. I don't know where she's from, from originally, but anyway, she lives there now. Um, and she's an incredible illustrator too. So you and I work together. We, um, here's the thing I remember about Lydia. She moved to Denver and you know what she got? Do you remember what you got, Lydia? You and your roommate? You got a trampoline. Do you remember that? Look, she's like, I've had kids. I don't remember. You had a trampoline. <laughs> or you had a trampoline as a kid or something. I think you had a trampoline. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't ever? I swear. Anyway. No, I mean, I have one now, but I didn't back then. <laughs> well, maybe we just talked about it because oh. both of us really like jumping on trampolines. Yeah. I, anyway. You know, I think I, I jumped on my neighbor's trampoline. Like, that's what it was. <gasps> I was, was in a duplex, so that must have been what it was. That like, was it. Yeah. I was in a duplex, and the neighbor in the duplex had a trampoline, so that must have been it. <laughs> That was totally it. That was, that was it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a trampoline like Lydia. And I did when I was 30. That's what I, I got myself one time. I got, I got, uh, did a little extra job and I was like, this is enough money for a trampoline. And I'm like, I don't know any 30 year old that goes and gets himself a trampoline. I didn't have the screen or anything, you know, like it was just the balls to the wall trampoline you know uh, fall off the edge I guess well you were 30 so <laughs> yeah. hopefully you can handle it yeah. yeah I was I was safe enough <laughs> so when so you've done all this nonfiction writing but it's different to write a children's book it's actually really difficult because there's only a few pages and you can't have a ton of words on the page yes uh it definitely my experience in nonfiction article writing didn't <laughs> really served me that well in writing picture books is what I found. It's a completely different industry. Um, what I've learned from in researching picture books is that right now the industry wants you to be, wants you to write in about 500 words for a, for approximately a 32 page book. Um, that's what I was telling, especially for a new author, which I was, they said, you, you need to pare it down. So um, it, it looks like the text is very simple but the text is very well thought out. It's been revised multiple times. Um, and from what I learned, uh, 
more experienced writers told me, you know, every word should be purposeful. There, there should be no extraneous adjectives and, and things like that. And the biggest uh, reason why is because they want you to leave space for the illustration. Um, it's, a, it's a marriage between the writer and the illustrator. It isn't just your words. And as a picture book writer, you have to always be considering how you can leave space for the illustrator. Right, right. Okay, so, um, all right, so then you started doing research, but you'd been writing children's books, so I, this was not your first one. It's just the first one you had illustrated, right? Yes, uh, this was the first one that a publishing company said yes to, basically. I've been writing picture books for about eight years. <laughs> this is the first one to be published. Um, I do have an agent that I work with uh, for about two years, and she she was also getting turned down. There's a, there's a lot of rejection in the picture book writing process, um, and so this story it, it resonated with this company, uh, Elk Lake Publishing, that published our book, and they said yes to it, and then we we started to move forward. All right, so so tell me about um, your agent, getting an agent, because a lot of us think about. I mean, as designers or illustrators, sometimes we have agents and mm -hmm. sometimes we don't. What, as a writer, what does the agent do? Do they um, try to get you into publishers or do they try to connect you with illustrators or what is the... the the agent for a picture book writer tries to connect you with publishing companies. They try to get a publishing company to say yes to you. And I think the you can still submit on your own. And certainly I did a lot of submitting on my own and I was unsuccessful. Um, so then I started submitting to agents and I got uh, this, an agent with WordWise Media to say yes to me. And then she started submitting my work to publishing companies. So I no longer had to do the submitting, but I had provided her with my proposal and, and all the information that she needed so that she could then submit it. To companies so all right so when you do that and you do you have to sign something with her are you like bound to her for a certain number of years or? I did in you know I, I can only speak for the company I work with I'm sure every agency does a little differently I did sign a contract with her but you know as she explained to me if it didn't go well, if she's unable to sign my work with a publishing company, then we would dissolve our partnership if it's not working. Um, and it's taken a while. Even what was interesting after getting an agent, it took her a while to get a yes to one of my picture books as well. Uh, so that's, I think, what I learned. I, I kind of thought everyone would say yes to an agent, and not necessarily. It very much depends on what those certain publishing companies are looking for at the time. I got you. So tell me about that, because that's something else that's kind of an interesting portion of this, is that you now realize some of the things that are um, really hot in the, in the industry and some of the things that have to do, and then we'll get into what the book's about in just a second, but sure. what are some of the things that, that these uh, publishing companies are looking for? Sure, well, what I'm hearing time and time again is diversity and kind of all kinds of diversity. Uh, they're looking for more stories from people of color. Um, they're looking for uh, neurodiversity, such as, uh, what our book is about, just different ways of thinking, different perspectives, just diversity of all kinds. 
Uh, and that, that seems to be what I'm hearing again and again in the marketplace. And so I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this book that deals with neurodiversity was the one that was accepted because, you know, so I think some of my other stories were good, but they didn't have really that angle. They weren't necessarily offering something new to the marketplace that uh, hasn't been there before. I can't hear you. Sorry. Coughed and I had it on mute. Sorry <laughs> about that. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, so what, when you're reading the book, you don't necessarily know it's about neurodiversity. You don't right. know it's about a car with ADHD. You actually have to read the author's note and possibly our acknowledgments right. and things like that. So, so how, I mean, is that it? absolutely critical to be like, Victor has ADHD, right? Because the name of the, the car is Victor. Right. No, And I would say I, that was purposeful. I, I didn't want it to necessarily be, Victor has ADHD. You know, Victor is a regular car that has an engine that sounds differently. And to me, that's very relatable to a lot of kids, a lot of kids and adults. Um, you know, some disabilities are very obvious and you can see it, but some differences and some forms of uniqueness are hidden. Like in Victor's case, it's, it's his engine, you know, it's the way his mind works. Uh, and you can't see that. You can't see differences of the mind when you're looking at little kids in a classroom or groups of adults in a workplace. Uh, and so that was very purposeful. My hope was that all people that were just unique or different would be able would find something to resonate with with this book. So with with this, why is Victor in this story so important to you? Why does it hit home for you? You know, it I I kind of developed Victor based on my son's diagnosis with ADHD. He's a regular looking kid. He's he's a bright boy. He doesn't look any different than anyone else. Um, but because of his ADHD, in his case, he tends to um, talk a lot. And he will sometimes be disrespectful. He will talk out of turn. He will inappropriately comment. Um, this is all part of his ADHD. He, he doesn't have the hyperactivity piece, although sometimes he does. But according to the doctor's diagnosis, he has a form of inattentive ADHD, which just... And the way it manifests in him is that he talks and talks and talks and talks. And that's frustrating. That's frustrating to teachers. That's frustrating to caregivers or anyone who's been in charge of him because they see him as a regular boy. They're like, oh, come on. He needs to just suck it up and learn how to be respectful. They, they all, I, I found that a lot of people saw his learning difference as they just thought he was being disrespectful they didn't see it as a difference of the mind or a disability. They just wondered why he couldn't suck it up and behave. And that was a big reason why I wrote this book. Um, not, and not only, I hate to call it a disability because I also think it's very much a gift. Uh, the, the talking, the, the creativity that comes out of his ADHD brain is is such a gift it's not necessarily something to be squashed and that's what the book uh talks about also 
So, so this is like me as a kid, man, this, I was Solly, you know, like I still am a chatty Kathy and, and I think I always did, but I think that it was not something that my parents, you know, it wasn't something that maybe that was diagnosed as much. And I definitely don't think that it was um, something that my parents would have wanted me to connect to. My mom read the acknowledgments and where I say, Hey, you know, I was diagnosed this summer with ADHD. And she's like, when, when were you done? When did that happen? And I'm like, well, you know, I did it this summer and my was, my big one was inattentiveness. And if people know me, like they've been around me, I do have a lot of energy, but um, in hyperactivity, I was like an 80 percentile, which I don't know, maybe that's not a lot, but, um, but for hyperactivity, it was like 99, I'm not hyper, inattentiveness, the focus, the inability to focus was a 99 percentile. And so it was always a struggle for me in in school. And so it wasn't that, and when you asked me to do this, I hadn't been diagnosed. I had, I had big inklings that this is what it was, you know, and I've, I've told people that I had that, but I hadn't ever been officially diagnosed. And I had um, a client who's a therapist and she's like, Diane, I've known you for seven years. Um, I have something I need to ask you. (laughs) And so she, um, she, cause she's known me so long. So she had that, uh, she had an idea that that's what was up with me and she wanted to test it and make sure. And it was a very stressful, uh, busy, I piled too much on my plate the summer. It was an awesome summer. It was absolutely incredible, but it was, it, I tended, it, I get overwhelmed. Um, not that I didn't stop anything or do anything different, but it was, um, it really pushed my, uh, abilities. But I also, I'm like you, I think that this is a, superpower. Um, and the guy who wrote the underpants books, I don't know what it's. Oh is. yeah. Um, Dave Pilkey, I believe. Is but his... it's Captain Underpants or something, right? Yes. Captain Underpants. I believe that's the author. I hope I'm not saying it wrong, but yes. But, and he really thinks of it as a, the ADHD part as a, uh, superpower. This mm-hmm. is something allows him, he writes like three or four books a year. And these are not like 32 page books. These are longer books for older kids, right? Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. He writes a lot of graphic novels and, and, and they resonate. Like his work is, is very popular. Um, Peter Reynolds is another, he wrote a picture book called happy dreamer. Um, and he wrote it based on he, again, he's not diagnosed as an adult man, but he wrote it based on his ADHD tendencies that he noticed in himself and, uh, you know, very popular illustrator. Uh, he's written many other books, the dot and, and things like that. Uh, Lydia would tell me like, she's like, have you seen, seen this? I'm like, uh, uh-uh. and she, I'm like, I don't have any kids. Remember Lydia? Like I'm the only kid in my house besides my husband, I guess. So, so it was important for you to write the story about Victor. I just want to close this one question off because, um, and, there are some specific things that if you knew that that was what the book was about, there are some, some parts of it. And um, I'm going to, can I share one spread? Sure. All right. Maybe we'll share a few more, but I'm going to for sure. This was the one that man makes me cry. And I've read this book like a ton of times, but it really kind of hits home. Um, All right. Let's see. Hopefully you guys can see this. You'll probably see more than what I'm trying to show you. I'm just trying to show you this one. Now maybe you can see. You guys have to tell me. Uh, Liddy, you have to read the comments because I can't tell. But this is um, where he's kind of sent away or he goes away from his friends, right? And he 
um, he's ashamed. I think that's what I, how I drew it was. Oh, and he's a car by the way, people. Um, <laughs> but, and Lydia was very specific. She's like, Oh, and she's like, it'll be his hood popped open. And then I just had drawn these things. And then she's like, it should be colorful. And it's like, you know, maybe his engine is more colorful than other people's. And this is one of the parts that I love. Um, and he, um, you know, so he is ashamed. That's the feeling. And he's like, Victor drove and drove until he reached Nick, the mechanic's garage. He popped his hood and I st still can't do it without crying. But he says, can you fix my engine? And he revved it. And he said, you hear that? Well, can you fix it? And then Nick says, fix it. That's one powerful engine you've got there. That's exactly the way it's supposed to sound. Come on, Nick said, let me show you what you can do with it. And I think that to me, that was that's the page that always gets me but mm -hmm. it's like oh you don't have to be ashamed this is it's okay for you uh to be this way and it's it really isn't anything that's that's bad and i think that i don't know if sally feels this way but it can be where teachers or parents get frustrated and and you i know i was yelled at a lot you know maybe not necessarily in class but i know that I always got ends in conduct, which means needs improvement, you know? <laughs> and now I actually think it's one of my best traits is that I can talk to people and that I'm not afraid to talk to people and that, um, that I'm super thankful. I never knew how to use it, never really knew how to use my engine like that, but it's to me a very important part of who I am, just even doing this podcast or with being a teacher or just being a designer in a, in a field where sometimes we end up being alone a lot, you know? Right. Right. So I yeah. don't know. Can you well, elaborate a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, and that's, so after my son's diagnosis, I started reading um, this book by Dr. Edward Hallowell and John Rady called Delivered from Distraction about ADHD. And what I loved about this book is it, it elaborated on what you, exactly what you just said he doesn't see it as something wrong. He, he sees it as something that can be developed and that can be a gift and that can actually, um, you know, allow you to, to do what you were meant to do in, in this world. Um, he's, he's a doctor, the author is a doctor and he believes, he said, it is not in spite of my HD, but because of my ADHD, that I was able to become a doctor. And that might not be the exact words, but he, he says a lot and he gives a lot of encouragement about, you know, this is, this is who you are. This is the way your brain works. And it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Just kind of like Nick, the mechanic tells Victor in the book. I, it's on mute again. Cause I had to cough. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess, I guess for me, um, it's that there's so much, especially in school, and I see this as a teacher, like it is hard for, for me when I'm trying to control a room. It's hard when you have one kid who just sure. is, is really wanting to contribute, to be honest. That's all it is. Or, or they really want attention, and so right. it's one of the two. Um, and I always feel like there's really nothing wrong with that, but it's not, help, it's not helpful for everybody else. Of course, but, of course. It's not easy. It's not right. easy to have this kind of brain. Right. But there are ways, especially in the creative field, that this really comes into as, as really a powerful, and clearly even in the medical field, because I think you're problem solving as a, uh, 
as an engineer, as a um, computer information technology kind of person, mm-hmm. as, as a doctor, you are solving problems that some people have maybe solved, but you don't, there's not a ton, like you can't Google what the answer is, you know, it's, and right. as a creative problem, it's the same. So to me, I know that people were frustrated with me, but I, I was loved. I felt like I, I was nice enough and people, you know, and I think that's probably the way the Sally is too. It wasn't like it was coming out in anger, you know, his, right. his yeah. it wasn't aggressive, I guess. Um, but I think what's great is that we all are different and that sometimes school really pushes us to follow the line. You need mm-hmm. to do this. And this is kind of like, oh, well, we all have a different path. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's very different of how maybe schooling is in the U.S. You know, there's kind of like, there. you need to do this. You need to make good grades. You need, and I wasn't like the best grades kid, you know, like it really, I had to really study. Um, I didn't do well on those SATs or those standardized tests, uh, mm-hmm. ACT tests or something. I mean, my parents made me take like four times. They were like, I'm sure you could do better. And I'm like, I can't, this is it. Like I got into the school I wanted to get, please do not make me take this class test again but I think for me um it just is it's okay to have your own path mm-hmm. you still have to live in that world sure but I, but I think that there's some things that because of this it does allow me to have more energy to do things and it does allow me to have um I can kind of keep balls rolling um mm-hmm. I feel like I can juggle the four jobs that I have um, better maybe than somebody else who doesn't have this. And so I really do think of this as a a strength, Mm -hmm. not something that I'm ashamed of at all. Um, So in the, uh, so we talked about the trends in the publishing business and this neurodiversity, um, which really could be anything. So people with Asperger's or autism or stories uh, about somebody with Down syndrome or sure. or it's something in that realm, right? Those would all be neuro neurodiversity issues. Sure. Yes. Um, any of that, you know, any any diversity that isn't immediately obvious when you look at a person is what I consider to be neurodiversity. Okay. Um, all right. So then, um, so why is what we got to do? rare meaning you get the contract and then you contact me sure well usually at least again this is my first picture book um but what i have been told by uh writers who have done this more often is that usually a company will say yes to your manuscript and they will pair you with a different illustrator that you don't know that often the editors will say, I'm already picturing, I want this style of art and I know the exact illustrator who can do it. I've heard that a few times. Uh, when I read the manuscript, I'm already thinking I want to call this person to do the work. Um, in our case, uh, we, you know, with Elk Lake Publishing, which is a smaller publishing company, they said yes. And the first thing they asked me was, do you have an illustrator? And I was like, nope, but I can maybe find one. <laughs> um, and so they have, you know, they, they could have given me suggestions if, in fact, I didn't know you. And if I didn't have any connections in the world of design and illustration. Um, but I immediately thought of you. And again, I didn't, I didn't know about the ADHD. And I, I just, I knew you were a creative person. And I, I know that you like creative challenges. And I, 
I know that you say yes to a lot of things. <laughs> and so I just kept, there was this little, we hadn't talked in many years. And there was this little voice in the back of my head that just kept saying, call Diane, call Diane. And that was how it happened. And um, so, yes, yeah, so Elk Lake Publishing allowed us to work together uh, as author illustrator. And then Diane also designed the book, which isn't their usual route. But what I liked about working with a smaller company is that they were open to it. They said, sure, let's try it. Let's, let's give it a chance. Um, and so, yeah, what it allowed us to do is, is to collaborate through the whole process, which I've been told that's not usual. Um, your manuscript goes to the illustrator and there's not a lot of collaboration that happens during the production process. At least that's what I've been told by other writers. So that was something I, I really enjoyed because there was, I, I am not a car person. So um, Lydia really came to me and she's like, Solly and I were in the car and he saw a Volkswagen rabbit or a, a golf or, or some, yeah. one of these, oh, a, ra a rabbit, right? Or a golf? Yeah, it's a rabbit. This grandpa that picks up at school drives a Volkswagen rabbit. And, and Solly said what about this car? He's like, oh, it's the cutest car I've ever seen. And the funny thing is it was also my very first car when I was 16. And I, I never thought of it as cute. Like at the time it was old and not fancy or flashy. And I was like, oh, how funny that he thinks a Volkswagen rabbit is so cute. Um, but I, it, when I saw it, so I saw this grandpa that drives every day and I'm like, oh, it is kind of cute. And so then I talked to Diane. And so that was kind of the model for Victor because it's regular. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. not so regular now in like student parking lots. But when I was a kid, you know, the Volkswagen rabbit, the little Chevette's, you know, those were, those were very common little regular cars that were inexpensive that a lot of students had. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted it. I wanted Victor to be like a regular little boy car. Right. So uh, there were pages that I, um, avoided, I think. I think <laughs> that um, one of the first pages I did was I went to Auburn and I introduced Lydia to her husband and her husband went yes. to Auburn with me. <laughs> and if you didn't know, I'm going to, um, I'll just do this one other, I'm going to show you just a couple other spreads. Um, this spread is not the Auburn spread, but I'll share that. But so one of the things was I, uh, when we were picking the kind of cars I did and I thought I had it, but Lydia, I guess I don't, unless it's in this one, I'll keep looking. Um, but one of the things that I was like, oh, okay. So I, I made a bunch of little uh, drawings. Um, some were watercolor because I was trying to do character studies. And I had never done this. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know from people I've interviewed, you know, what, what I was trying to do. And uh, that's what they did. So I was like, well, maybe I can do it too, you know. So they would do character studies. So I showed her. And I think I showed you this first. This uh you said the Volkswagen Golf, and I did a drawing like this. Uh -huh. So it was kind of like a weird shape kind of drawing, I guess, of the car, and it wasn't very good. And then I did th uh, three other ones, and then I did one that was a um, a collage. And you can tell that Victor, oh, well, it's busted up right there but there he is and you can't super tell right here I guess but if I scoot up to this one you can tell that Victor is my favorite the inside 
and I'll stop my share for a second, is the inside of an AT&T envelope. <laughs> and I love this. You can see this is a Victor cutout. This is a Victor. Oh, I love that you still have the cutouts. Yeah, the cell of them I didn't have to like rip up so bad, but um, this could still be a little Victor right here, I think. <laughs> um, but you know that I love the inside of um, security envelopes. And my mom gets at and she has her cell phone or her internet's through AT&T, my internet's through AT&T. And they're always like, do you want to go paperless? I'm like, no, I need those envelopes, people. Bring it on. <laughs> so for me, I always think, you know, I've done a few projects, uh, self-directed projects that are use, that use these envelopes because I also often feel like these are overlooked. Mm -hmm. And to me, for me to be able to have people look at the inside of an envelope in a new way, in a beautiful way, and think of something else that they could do with it. It's very similar to the story of Victor, right? That you, mm -hmm. um, that these are things that are often overlooked and are often thrown away or often um, not used to their potential. Yeah, underestimated. Like, underestimated, but yeah. really, and you can see in when in the scan. Sometimes you can see the little bit of the texture from the the side of the envelope that you know they're trying to sell you something or whatever. But that to me was a really important part, and so I did use a bunch of, um, <laughs> I a bunch of envelopes. So this um, the inside of this right here, these little cones are a world vision envelope the his bumper is always like a discover card or suntrust bank envelope they have the same insides um the uh the trees are books and then i think there's this is the inside of an envelope i don't know what kind of envelope i can't remember but i tried to just you know smatter these throughout and to me it was really fun i used a lot of just like scrapbook paper which also has history between me and lydia because we both worked at a scrapbooking company um but one of the things was was this one and this is a uh it's it's a oh you can't see it i'm like talking and i realize nobody can see anything i'm i'm sharing like this tree but you can't see it and the world vision envelope you can't see but now you can maybe right the these are world vision envelopes this is the inside of a book these the trunks of the tree mm -hmm. um his his bumper is always the discover card or the uh, <laughs> my suntrust bank or whatever mm -hmm. and then this this tires the other one that's the inside of an envelope sorry i didn't realize i was not showing you but this is the this is auburn so i went to auburn derek her husband went to auburn i introduced them they're still together thankfully. And, um, but, but this is like, Auburn was a really special place for me where I feel like I finally found my voice. Um, it's how I wanted to become a teacher. Uh, and so I did it as the town, the town center. And what I used all uh, retro supply brushes, which, um, if you're not familiar, my friend Dustin Lee is, uh, the owner at retro supply and he, um, made these brushes and, or, Suzanne did one of my students that works for him um, and I'll show you these originals and I'll just try to get something so that I can show you one other tiny little thing um, but for me when we were working it was really important there were some pages that I really was lost I didn't know I was like Lydia I don't know what you want from this and we kind of went back and forth on a few and, and I definitely changed some in the computer, but some I wasn't, I, I just wasn't able to change because I, 
or in in person like physical copy um which i'll show you some but um and i messed up a couple times you know like i had um the victor uh his his tires and everybody's tires was this one thing that i'd gotten from my friend noah scale and he i bought a whole bunch of scrap collage paper and so his um you know there's victor and his his tires are cool i mean clearly these two are not that great but these two were pretty it's, you see the texture i guess in there but you can see the and i did watercolor on top of it it wasn't like it was all but clearly i can't cut real well you know um his his lights aren't super perfect but i did all the line work in the on the ipad i had gotten an ipad pro and you can kind of see these a little bit better but this was like a beast to try to put together and this one i was like there's no way i can match it up because i had to match everything up in the computer and so everything's really cut out everything's tiny where it's where it's tiny and um like it's little like you can see how tiny these little cuts were that i was making with my fingers um or whatever and then there's the other cars and then i did all the brushwork and stuff in in the computer because it was more I had more control and Dustin had made these brushes. And one of the things was we, we added the tracks, the tire tra or Victor's tracks later. And because that was one of the things I kept avoiding. I had done the town. I had done this, the town, but I hadn't, didn't have the path. And I was like, mm, I just don't know, Lydia. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you, we went through all these options there were in the ipad and um in the retro supply brushes i think it was uh i can't remember texture tone or something mm -hmm. i'll make sure it's in the it's in the link it'll be in the link below but they she was like it should be crazy he has a crazy path mm -hmm. and so his path is very consistent and it is the color of his car and then there is a time at the very end of the book where all of his friends are also colored and rose i made her a little electric car so she has a real grid kind of pattern mm -hmm. and then sam is a is we talked about even the colors of these cars what colors me and lydia both decided what colors these should be and then we made jane a truck and she was we have this truck granted it's it's like rusty colored in our yard but we have this old 1970 chevrolet truck and on the back instead of saying chevrolet it says jane so to me, it was fun, you know, and I could just go out and take pictures of Jane, right, whenever I needed it. And, and you could kind of see, like, here's a little bitty of Jane. So I would print out, and I did it at 60%, which I don't know why I did that, because it made it harder. But I definitely added, like, the watercolor pencils that I love. Um, here, I would get confused on who I was doing. And so I had to put them all together so that you could see kind of the whole path to, but i had to have the one next to it and sometimes i would be like this one's on a jack you know so i would write myself a note that i wasn't missing the tire or something and um i sometimes did them more than once and working so small was was hard to be honest and we did the um cover first that was one thing and it sort of scared me um and i messed up on one of the pages that the his his hubcaps were supposed to be this color and I did not make them this color and it was terrible. <laughs> so oh, I just I, photoshopped them, <laughs> right? And I didn't even notice. I remember when you told me that, but you know, as a, I think as a writer and a designer illustrator, we were both looking at so many different things. Um, so I didn't even notice the, the hubcaps. So this was the cover. Um, 
and obviously I changed it. It has a background and, but I needed a lot of space at the top because I wanted to be able to write Victor in the room. And then this actually gets cut and my mastermind group helped me with some of the coloring and things like this. So I was very thankful. This, um, it did, I gave it a little bit more shadow in the computer, I think, but all this is just collage on top and then watercolored on top of that. Um, but it's really fun. He's, He's a really fun little. My mom's like, I hope nobody's inside with the doors open. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, was, I, I love that spread. I mean, I know it's the cover and in the it's also in the interior of the book, but I I keep thinking of it as Victor's let it go moment, you know, when he realizes that his his uh unique engine is actually a good thing and the mechanic has shown him what it can do. And so that that thing too. with him flying with it's it's like it's Victor's let it go moment. Yeah, and so this is where, this is a different one, um, but again, you can kind of see the tires. I think the tires are really cool, mm-hmm. um, but, and then I just put it together in, in the computer, but this one is like my most proud one, I think, because it was so tiny. I don't know why I was working so small, <laughs> but look at how tiny this collage is. I'm going to put my finger here so you can see yeah. this little one is cut and all these trees. This is a build. You can kind of see. Um, like this is one piece, but I had to cut the roof and this tiny tree. And what was I thinking? You know, like this was crazy, but I really, this was the most joyful project I've worked on in a very long time. And I guess you can kind of tell cause I'm kind of geeking out on it, but I, I loved that I could use Auburn as a, as an interior uh, place. Cause it was talking about the town center and I was really thankful that I, that I could do that. One of the things that Lydia and I did, maybe that was very unique. Um, I'm going to show this in a different way so that maybe people can see it, but she gave me the words and she had it figured out what words went on which page. And then I just took that and I printed it out and then I just drew next to it. And these were ideas. And sometimes they ended up kind of becoming that. And the, the tumors corner, I just used Google earth or whatever to help me with that. Hopefully that's legal. Um, I did use a Google font that my friend Thomas Jockin had created with Bonnie, Dr. Bonnie Shaver Troop, who um, she's an educational therapist who helps the, all the sounds are done in a typeface that we all can use. It's called Lexin and it helps people who have dyslexia or people, anybody who's tired reading at the, at night or um, it just helps because it's a variable font. So it's really cool. But we, I don't know if this helps anybody else, but this really was like, um, at some point we crossed this out and this wasn't going to be done. And, um, Lydia and I really went back and forth. And the first one, um, the very first spread was one of the last spreads I had done. And Lydia was like, well, maybe we could put all the cars there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lydia, I'm supposed to have this on Thursday. And it's like Tuesday. And I'm like, huh. And she's like, well, maybe you can use that one that we didn't use. It was all four of the cars across. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And I just flipped rows and then it all worked out. So I, I think just knowing that she had the better idea, even though it wasn't easy. Um, this is a project that I would start at 11 at night when I'd finished my other work because <laughs> I knew I would stay up to do Victor because it was really, really fun. I don't know if that helps anybody um, to... <laughs> to see um Carly I appreciate um so the publisher did not ask for any revisions I don't believe Lydia do you know the um, answer to that she, to the 
not to the, the art. art. No, not to the art at all. Um, I, I did make small revisions. They did review the manuscript that I s submitted. They did ask me for um, some pretty minor revisions to the text, which we did. Um, it was interesting though, because uh, Diane caught a missing word in the last stages when we thought everything was edited and perfect. And it, it's just proof that when you're so close to a project, sometimes you overlook things and, you know, and then Diane <laughs> caught, we're, we're, are we missing a word here? And we were. So um, thank goodness that more than one set of eyes <laughs> were looking at the book. So I, I, I think it's, you just have to read it and I would read it to my students and I was like, I think there's a win that's missing. I'm going to tell. And then I kept forgetting. And then I was like, I read it one last time. I was like, I got to tell Lydia. And I think I text you and I was like, hmm, I think when, when we, blah, blah, blah. blah. So um, is there something that you've learned uh, or are learning that's important um, as you have shopped this story around? Um, well, it, you know, kind of like I mentioned before, it, there, there's a lot of rejection in, in the picture book industry. Even if you have a good idea and a good story, um, I, I think that's, that's just something that, and I know a lot of creative people are familiar with that, but you know, even though you have good ideas, it doesn't mean that the first person is going to say yes. Mm. Um, my, in this case, my agent was the one who was shopping this around. Um, she also has a child with ADHD, so it was a story that was close to her heart as well. Um, it, you know, I, I'm not, I'm drawing a blank on. I don't know how many she sent it to uh, initially, uh, but I was. I don't know. I guess that's what I've learned the most that it takes a while. It takes a while. And there's a lot of rejection first, you know, before you get to your one. Yes. And, um, I don't know. just don't give up. Just don't give up. And again, this was not, this hasn't been my full-time job. I say I've been working on picture books for eight years. It, it's always been a side project. Certainly, uh, we're all working on many projects at the same time. So I wasn't certainly working full time on picture books for eight years, but <laughs> thank goodness, or I would have been very depressed. Oh um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it, you know, it was always this side idea that I've always wanted to do. Um, I, in that I write a lot of parenting articles, um, on, you know, different topics of the brain and behavior and, and things like that. I often see, you know, when I'm interviewing these doctors and, and psychologists, gosh, that would make a, that would make such a good picture book. I, I'm always thinking about ways that I can pare it down to a simple form so that people will be inspired that they're not the only one. They're not the only one going through this. Uh, and I, I did it all the time. My kids have heard me say it a million times. That would make a great picture book but it's usually a complicated topic that I think would make a great picture book. So, all right. So what is it? You told me about another advantage that a designer who's also an illustrator, who's also a writer, right? Um, Maria, maybe you have something in you that you want to do. It's really an advantage for us in what way that you don't have. Oh, sure. Uh, you know what? I, I spend a lot of time. I do think there is an advantage to being a, illustrator author together like if you can do both i think uh there's definite benefits to that 
I've, I spend a lot of time prior to getting my agent. I spent a lot of time on different publishing companies, websites. Some of them say no picture book manuscripts at all. Um, but many of them say we're open to author illustrators. I started seeing that again and again, again, it's, it's going to be different for every company. I can't say that this is across the board in the industry, but for companies that I was looking at, there were more that seemed to be open to an author illustrator rather than just an author like myself. Uh, so I hope that that's encouragement for illustrators and designers out there who might have a story in them, you know, because I think even if you're not a writer, a lot of people have a story that they want to tell. And I would encourage you not to ignore that because uh, if you're already an illustrator, you're halfway there. I mean, there's, there's many uh, author illustrators that I've interviewed. I recently interviewed uh, Jan Brett. She's an illustrator author that wrote The Mitten and many, many other books. And she said, oh, I'm an, I'm an illustrator first. I'm, I'm not a writer. I can't speak well. Like she spent so many she spent so much time talking about how she's not a writer yet. She's a best-selling author illustrator and she's been doing this for 30 years for her. The art comes first. Um, but that doesn't mean that she can't write. Right. And I loved hearing that. And I hope, you know, designers and illustrators out there will be encouraged by that Judy Shackner that wrote the Skippy John Jones series. I, I had to interview her many years ago and she said the same thing. She's an artist first. The words came secondary to her, but she could still do them. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good, we just might have to work on it a little bit more, I think. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Just so, like I can't illustrate. Yeah. I, I wish I could. But hey, I maybe you could if you got some scissors and an AT&T envelope. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the next steps? Because it, um, we gave it to the publisher mm -hmm. on last week was the yeah. final thing that I gave them. And then, um, Oh, so Veronica has a question first. So she said this may be asked first, but uh, where do you look for publishers or do you just search the internet? And you've been to conferences for this, right? Sure. Um, I'm a member of SCBWI, the Society of Children's Book Authors and Illustrators. Uh, so that is a great place to start. Uh, SCBWI. It's kind of, I'm a member of that too. Oh, cool. I didn't even know that. Um, so that organization has been a huge help to me. I go to their conferences. A lot of what I've learned about picture book writing um, is from that company or from that organization. And there's always an illustrator track. Like if you're an illustrator, you can join just the same way a writer would join. And there's opportunities throughout the year. There's contests, things like that. Um, they have resources uh, that they produce that connect you with different publishers. Um, I, the truth is though, I search the internet looking for, for different publishers. Um, and that's how I've found most of the ones that I've found. Oh, if I read a book, uh, I'm a parent. Uh, my kids are a little older now, but a few years ago when I was reading more picture books to my kids, if I loved a story, I would always look to see who the publisher was. Uh, and then I would go to their website. And sometimes it was a common one that you might have heard, like Simon & Schuster or Macmillan. But sometimes it was these smaller independent publishing houses also that produced really, really great work. And so, so, so I would say if you read a picture, but, you know, spend some time in the library, mm. just 
through the picture book shelf. And if, if you see one that like, oh, that's a great book, you know, just open the flap and, and see who the publisher is and then, and then look up that, that publisher and see if they're accepting submissions. Many of them will tell you, um, I, only, I only accept submissions through agents. And some of them will still say, I accept unsolicited submissions, which would mean a submission from, directly from an author illustrator. So Matt has a question. He said, have you considered self-publishing? Obviously, this is something that a lot of people have talked to, uh, as you've had multiple books um, that maybe were rejected from. Why was it important for you to not just self-publish this? Sure. I, I guess I just wanted the support. I, I definitely think self-publishing is a great option for many people. I know many people who have self-published. Uh, for my first project, I just wanted the support. Um, of a company behind me. I don't know all the ins and outs of the publishing industry, even though I've worked in it for a long time. Uh, and I, so that was my main reason. I, I just, I guess I thought there was some security in that they know the back end of things. They know how to get the ISBN number and, and all of that. And, and I did not. Uh, again, it, it's the route that I wanted to take. Certainly, if you uh, have an idea and you wanna self-publish, you're going to be able to do it a lot more quickly. So it just kind of depends on the route that you want to take. Right. Okay. So, um, and also with self-publishing, it helps with distribution because these are not just going to be on Amazon. They are also right. in local bookstores and libraries. Yep. And those are things that a publisher is going to have connections with. Yes. That, and they're going to do some. So some publishers would also do promos and the, the, the marketing of it. This is something with this particular publisher, this is really more on us, which is, yes. which is fine. We are fine with that. Um, so Carly's like, yes, distribution is really hard for illustrated books and, and it's very costly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next steps, what's your vision or your hope? You know, my hope for the, for the book yeah, not yeah. not for us because we're gonna be <laughs> friends forever. I mean, I think we've known each other. How long have you been married? Gosh, eighteen years. But, um, I mean, I was. In, we've known each other for more than twenty years. Yeah, more than twenty and, years. Yeah, Diane introduced me to my husband, and we were married a couple years after that. And yeah, so it's been a really long time. We have a long <laughs> history. Um, yeah, you know, I guess my hope for Victor as a book it that it will be encouraging to families hmm. that not necessarily families that have an ADHD child or that have ADHD themselves, but just families where there's a, a uniqueness or a difference. Um, I, I know a lady, she wrote a book called differently wired. Deborah Reber wrote a book called differently wired and she discusses all kinds of kids who are just wired differently um, I hope that this book is an encouragement to families with someone like that. And there are a lot of them where there's a difference that you just can't see from the outside. Uh, encouragement in that there's hope, you know, there's, there's therapy, there's medication, mm -hmm. there's many strategies that you can adopt to help, you know, help live your life and to be right. successful, but also that like Diana said, it's also your superpower. It's, it's the way your brain is wired and how exciting is that? And there's so many cool things that you can do because you think differently. Mm -hmm. So 
And uh, I mean, I uh, got on medicine, which really has helped me a lot. Um, I don't do it every, don't take it every day. I don't, um, I, they call them vacations or something. Med, I don't know what they're called. Anyway, I don't take it every day, but I definitely take it when I'm teaching. So sometimes I forget though, you know, like, like any 80 good ADHD kid, right. we, we forget, but, um, and I, so I have, you have to go to a psychiatrist to get medicine. So the psychiatrist was also very interested in the book. And so for me, that's the hope is that it gives parents or parents of kids who aren't ADHD kids, then it's like, oh, well, now you can explain why you might get fresher with your friend who's really excited and gets, or, you know, that they're just different and it's, right. there's nothing bad. They're not like a special kid in a bad way. You know what I mean? So right. but, they're not trying to be a jerk, right. you know, when they call out or when they grab or when they have issues with impulsivity, it's just the way their brain is wired. It, it, it's harder for them than it is for some other children. So Veronica had a great question. If you go through a publisher, do you still have the, have to have the copyright? Do you still own the copyrights to your material or does it belong to the publisher? Um, Let's I, look at the contract. Yeah, I'm looking at the copyright notice right here. Um, it's, it's, it's still my property. It, the information contained in this book is the intellectual property of Lydia Ruger and is governed by the United States and international copyright laws. So it, it still is my work. Um, they've produced it. But that's, I guess that's yeah. the answer I can give. So Andre says, Andre's in Portugal and he does a lot. I've had him on the show. He does um, more graphic novels and, and he does work for children too. Mm -hmm. But but I think it's more older. I mean, his stuff is amazing. I kind of, I'm glad you missed the part where I was showing my stuff. You have to go back and watch Andre. Um, I'm just kidding, buddy. Um, but because his stuff's so amazing. Um, but um, he, um, he says it's like licensing. So they're licensing it to use it and to print it and they get a, a, a they get some of those kickbacks, I guess. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we were talking about, I was driving to work and I said, you know, Lydia, it's not just that it's this um, hopeful thing that uh, for ADHD to me, it's also a testament about how much relationships matter in our industry. And that if I had been a real jerk to work with or a prima donna as <laughs> a designer, yeah. right. Or if you had, um, then we probably would definitely not be still friends, but it's just going to say, and, and Lydia was like, well, this would be really hopeful to people who are younger that, you know, they need to make these, um, that they're making these long-term relationships. But I said, it's also hopeful to me as somebody who's 46, who's somebody from 20 years ago contacted that I made a good impression enough, right? That you wanted to work with me and you thought you could work with me. Right. But it's also that maybe we just need to go back in our files and see who maybe doesn't know what we're doing and who you don't really know what they're doing. So maybe it's good to go back in your Rolodex Fred might not know what a Rolodex is, but because Fred's like 15, but um, it's this thing that all your contacts were in and it's not a phone. So, but maybe you need to go back through and reach out to some of those people. So maybe if you're young, you're making good impressions on people who you're with because you never know where these relationships will go. But it's also so much of my, um, so much of my success, I think, and so much of my 
business is all about relationships, whether it's a, I'm a designer working for a company and I've been their designer for 15 years, or I'm working with Lydia. Lydia comes back because we used to work at the same place and, you know, I'd stay till three to, in the morning to get stuff done. You know, there were, there were things and, and she knew me. And I think that that's an important also part of, of this story, of our story with this. Um, can I ask you, uh, I'm, and I know you probably, and somebody's now screen printing over there. <laughs> They're like pressure washing a screen next door. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but I was thankful that you chose me to illustrate, but, but I didn't know. And I also am thankful that you believed that I could do it, right? I was thankful that you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thankful to be asked. Um, I guess I'm glad I said yes to a lot of things, but um, what was it about something that I was doing or was it just, I was the only designer you knew and no, I was gullible I, enough to, no, I mean, not at all. I actually do. I, I, I did get on your website to make sure that you did illustration because I, I know that you're a designer, but I didn't really know all the things that you've done for the past 20 years. Um, and so, yeah, I did get on your website and I looked at some of your illustration work and it, it was whimsical. It was cartoon like it was kind of what I imagined uh, or how I imagined my manuscript might be illustrated. And of course, at this point, I didn't know what path that was going to take, but I, I liked the style. It was comfortable to me. And, and so that was why I, and I saw that, you know, you, you were, and I, I liked the, the paper collage you had done. So what was it about? That was interesting. Oh, and I, you know, certainly there are tons of car books out there. And, you know, one of the uh, publishers that said no to this manuscript said, uh, I don't think it's so different than any other car manuscript that I've read. And so Diane's illustration is one way that I feel uh, will set our, our book apart. You know, I don't see a lot of car manuscripts with paper collaged artwork. Uh, maybe there are some out there, but it's just not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing more sleek and shiny uh, looking artwork. And so it was different. It was a different way of thinking, uh, which lends itself to the content of the book as well. So it, it's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm super glad that you liked the collage because that's definitely where I feel like I can make mistakes and then I can cover it up and it doesn't like mm -hmm. I can just, if you're doing a watercolor, like if you mess it up, oh, you, you messed it up. You got to start over. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it was really thankful because if I messed up on something, I could just like this one, I cut out the wheel on the back by accident. Oops. And then, so, but like this light is an actual, you know, another piece of paper and, and the, 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 the license plate is a cutout. And so it gives me more flexibility to make mistakes. And there was a one piece that I really liked um, that I had gotten this new, um, oh man, what did I do with that? I had gotten this new um, catalog. You know, we get stuff in the mail all the time. And it was like uh, from Hoffler and Company. You know, it's like a, it's all of their new fonts. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And look, this, I cut this out because I was like, I have to use, I loved this. I thought this was so nice. And I got it and literally cut it out that day. And I made the bridge. Yeah, it's the, the bridge on the playground, right? Yeah, yeah, the bridge on the playground is from that. So I had to cut it twice. You know, it's not the exact same. But this kind of gives you an idea of the analog part, right? So you see there's this. And then 
all the black lines really make a difference. Somebody was like, well, I like it like this. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't tell that that's a, that's like a thing that you climb into and it, mm -hmm. you know, it has a, a bridge and you, you just don't get it if you don't see the whole with the black line. So I think the black lines really gave it something else. And it also gave me again, confidence that I could working on the iPad, I could erase things really easy. I could print it out. And, um, the, to me it was, it gave me, uh, I, I didn't feel like I was going to fail. And if I messed up, I could just start over again. Right. I liked in some early versions when we were looking at Victor and what he was going to look like, I remember we talked about, oh, can we, we like him, but can we take off the bumper? And so the collage lend itself really well to that. Like, I like him, but with a different bumper or with a different smile or different eyes right. or, or something like that. We had his bumper. I had his bumper in the beginning. It was red and it was his smile. And you were like, hmm, let's try something else. And I think, um, and that's what I'm using. I was using Procreate, Andre. I was using Dustin's brushes and I put the brushes in there. I'm going to share this really fast just so you guys can see um, what some of these brushes are. But this is the one I used for um, the, the dry gouache is how I wrote Victor in the Vroom. And then I think uh, there, well, I use the Dixon. This is Jane's path. This is uh, Nick's path. And then um, let's see. It's right under, this is Victor's path. So the scrumbling, I can't even see what it says. Scrumbling something, invert, I think. Um, but it, to me, and that's how I made that, uh, those checkered flags. Um, <laughs> Lydia, I just <laughs> used that brush. Oh, right. but, so to me, this was a really, this is, you know, you're like, how can you use this? But Dustin, you know, this was Sam's path or maybe this was, um, because it, to me, it was really nice to have, I mean, these are things that Dustin does, right? Or, or somebody who's, or Lydia or somebody else some, that he's hired that does these illustrations. But it's funny that we can, um, still kind of go over the top and, uh, what I did was nothing like this, but it was nice to be able to use some of these different textures, which again, sometimes I don't know how to use those, you know, like how, how is that, how am I going to use that thing? You know, if I buy this brush pack, so it was really, it was really nice. So I, we're going to wrap it up because I know we've gone a little long and I've got another meeting and I can't wait. I just, uh, I want to share this, uh, with you guys. So if you want to check out, there is a hardcover coming. Um, I believe, they are coming soon. I'm going to put the ISBN so you can go to your local bookstore soon and uh, get these. You could probably go ahead and order them with these ISBNs and they're all going to be underneath if you are uh, watching on YouTube. And then if you want to check out Lydia and we're going to create a page on, on her site with the Victor, the Vroom stuff. That's one of our next steps, right? But you can look, check her out at Lydia, L-Y-D-I-A-R-U-E-G-E-R, -E -E Lydia Ruger, right? That's how you say it last Yeah, Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's been a few years. It's I been might a few not years. Have, yeah, say it's, <laughs> um, not saying my last name every day. Yeah, yeah no. Um, and then her Twitter handle is L-A Ruger, R-U-E-G-E-R. -E -E and then Instagram is Lydia Ruger. So you guys can follow her as well. But then if you wanted to um, do the... I thought I had Victor's, um, the thing from, well, let me get it really fast from Amazon. If you just have to have it today. Oh, you right. Can, you can order today. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get it tomorrow, possibly, <laughs> uh, if you are, um, 
Um, but it is going to be paperback. Um, so it, it's telling me I already purchased this. I'm like, yeah, I know. So hopefully, um, I will get it in the next, my sister got hers on Monday. We got it. It was up on Friday and, um, it's funny. She's like, yeah, I got it. I'm like, did you read it yet? Oh no, not, not yet. And I'm like, okay, well maybe tomorrow. I mean, it's 32 pages, but Lord, it's like, you know, I don't know, 80 words. It's not that much, buddy. (laughs) Right. Uh, But anyway, so there's the Amazon link and we would love some ratings. That would be a way to help us and to just to share. And again, there's lots of underlying things using the Lexin font for me was really important. Using the envelopes um, was also really an important part of just something that's often overlooked and you're able to use something that a lot of people just think it's trash. So anyway, so Maria says she's already following you. Yeah, you you, are, you and Maria should probably, because um, Maria does a lot of stuff for parents of uh, oh, creative, right? Uh, she's a designer. So people who are also in that creative field. That oh, way. great. Now I'll tell you, I haven't been on there much since we've been working on this book. So now I'm, it's time to get back to it. So Maria's <laughs> parents that design. So Awesome. Oh, that's great. So Amanda, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys all coming out on a a Thursday and watching this. I was like, let's just do a podcast. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, okay, I've never done one. What do I need? And I'm like, you just need earbuds and a mic on your earbuds. So I just wanted to tell you, thank you guys. You can always follow me at designrecharge.org or rechargingyou.com. And um, I just appreciate you guys doing this and, and watching. And hopefully it gives you some hope that maybe you could do this too. And some old relationship might come back and and really make a difference because this was super joyful for me. Me too. For me too. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in the new year. And you know what? All of January, I believe is going to be about mental health. So I'm excited. I will definitely intro um, a a little bit about Victor in there, but we're going to be talking to a few people who are going to be sharing about their mental health. I think it's always good to start the year. I always think January can be really kind of depressing too. So we'll hopefully start it off with a bang and see how other people have, have um, really taken, um, taken that part of who they are and also made that maybe a superpower or something, how they've been able to get through things. So I hope you guys will join me in January.